Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, global career and leadership coach, facilitator, speaker, and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you sell yourself with more confidence and take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, create real presence and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Meet Jamie Simiklis. Jamie is our first guest on the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast and I am super excited to chat with her today. Jamie spoke with us last year on our blog and shared a number of tips and tricks for job seekers. The article was one of our most read articles, so I thought we better get Jamie back for round two and hear more of the gems that she has to share. Jamie is the Group Recruitment Manager for Australia and New Zealand for the Accent Group. Accent Group are responsible for some of the biggest footwear and apparel brands in the world, including Vans, Timberland, Dr. Martens, Sketches, Herschel, Merrill, The Athlete's Foot, Platypus, Hype DC, Style Runner, and plenty more. Jamie's also recruited top talent for brands including Nike, Malini, Midas, Williams, Mathers, and more. She also ranks in the top 4% of LinkedIn recruiters globally. So we think she knows a thing or two about recruitment. Jamie is also a kick-ass chick who is real, relatable, and down to earth. All the things that we love here at Eating Your Cake Too. I am pumped to introduce you to Jamie. Welcome, Jamie, to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. You are my first guest and I am so freaking excited to have you here. How are you going? I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Claire, for having me. That is totally fine. And I think I sort of said in the intro that you were kind enough to share your time with me last year and wrote a blog with some answers to some questions around recruitment and how people can stand out. And it was one of the most popular blogs that I have wow. ever shared. And so it was natural for me to think that I needed to then get you on again and have a bit of a chat around kind of all things recruitment, all things kind of, you know, how can we stand out in a, in a busy market and also the great resignation. Mm, interesting topic. I'm so glad your readers got a lot of insights from that blog last year. I think the timing would have been probably perfect with the way the world was and it's since been the same for the last 18 months. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you are, so as we are recording this podcast, you are in Melbourne and it's officially Freedom Day in Melbourne. So how are you feeling about that? I know it's a bit surreal. I mean, 262 days in lockdown. It, it's been a journey, that's for sure. I don't think I'm ready to go out running and be out there. I think everyone's probably so used to being indoors and in lockdown that I think it's probably going to take some time for those to be able to settle back into a normal life routine because it's been so long. Yeah, absolutely. I think for a lot of people, it's sort of that 
mixed feelings you know one around I'm so excited I'm finally kind of free but then that other feeling around like I've been this way for so long this is a bit awkward now to all of a sudden be free again and kind of that mixed feelings of excitement but probably a bit of anxiety and confusion in there as well yeah exactly spot on yeah, I totally hear that. Well, I'm grateful to you for, for giving us your time on your first kind of day of freedom where you could be out and out and about drinking wine and sitting in a cafe. But as I sort of shared at the start of the podcast, we are going to talk today around the great resignation. And I've got a couple of awesome questions to to throw at you that I've received from some interested people who are, who are pretty keen on hearing about this topic. So I'll, I'll share those with you later. But before we get into that, would love you to tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do and what a day in your life is like. Yeah, I am Group Recruitment Manager at Accent Group. And for those who don't know, Accent Group, we're a multi-branded retail business. We have a number of different brands like Platypus, Hype, Vans, Timberland, Doc Martens, Sketches, if we think about global brands that we also wholesale and have the distribution rights to. And then um, we've got, you know, female-led brands like Star Runner and Exy, which are our brands that we're currently growing. So we've got about 640 stores. It's actually probably more than that, to be honest. We've, um, we've opened so many stores in the last 12 months, it's so hard to keep up. And we're opening a lot more. It's incredible, isn't it? The growth is outstanding. Huge, huge growth. A lot of recruitment right now. I mean, my days at the moment are quite busy. We are currently recruiting about 1,500 roles. And that includes Christmas casuals. So, yeah, it's, it's peak season right now. A lot of recruitment. Um, and that's across the whole business. So we think about, you know, wholesale, digital, e-com, retail, stores, support centres, customer experience, every department we're recruiting right now. So it's an awesome time to join us. We're not slowing down in our growth, but there, there's a lot going on. yeah for sure and so you've got stores all across Australia and New Zealand so we'll we'll do a little plug for Accent Group and we'll put the link to the careers page in the show notes Amazing. (laughs) So, so anyone who is looking or interested they can have a little gander and see if there's anything there that they like but let's talk all things about this great drum roll great resignation that we keep hearing so much about and I was reading an article the other day that was talking about in the US alone it had reported that more than four million people resigned their jobs in June and I think the the figure was even higher again in July and I'm seeing in Australia that experts are tipping that the great resignation is going to hit us in March 2022. So keen to hear, you know, you're you're living in this world. So keen to hear what your thoughts are about it. Yeah, well, when you actually say that statistic out loud, it's actually quite scary that it's happening, especially in the US. And they're predicting that to hit us, you know, pretty soon. I've also been doing a lot of reading. It's definitely at the forefront of recruitment. In a role like this one, you you need to be in the know. You need to be on standby with what's going on in the environment that we're in. And, you, you know, you can't really pinpoint reasons why people would be resigning. But when you think about the timing and the prediction of March 2020, if you go back, that takes us two years from when COVID hit Australia. And a lot of people would have been either, you know, 
being stood down or made redundant from roles, which would have been really hard. And, and obviously, you know, thinking about a career change or shifting their priorities or thinking about, you know, what am I going to do next? And then you've had, you know, the workforce that's probably been working from home for the last two years and probably, you know, experiencing fatigue and burnout and, again, thinking about, you know, what do I want now in my career and probably being, you know, a bit more person, personal and selfish in a way because you've had all this time to really think about work and you've been working from home, so what matters to you now? And it's not just you know, what makes me happy at work, but is this employer enough for me or is this job enough for me right now? So I think, yeah, it, I've been doing so much reading on it and you can't really pinpoint reasons why people would be leaving. I can say we've we've probably experienced more resignations now in the last couple of months and reasons have been career change, work-life balance, People are mentally fatigued from the environment that we've been in. And you don't have that connection with people that you'd normally see in the office. So you've got more time to think now and um, reflect on how you're feeling. You know, what you would probably put off previously, you probably don't have that patience anymore. So you're just like, well, I'm just going to take the risk and just, you know, if I don't have a role to go to, I'm still going to resign because I'm just going to take the time to think about something else. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. And I think there's not, we were sort of chatting about this briefly before we kind of started recording. And it's, I think for a lot of people, it's probably a mixture of, of a number of different things. Like you've said, like you're seeing the, you know, the cleanup almost from last year where people didn't feel like they were willing to perhaps take the risk and quit. So they sort of stayed now also mixed in with people that have had you know, two years basically, or coming, you know, coming up to two years working completely virtually or in lockdown and they're reassessing what's important to me. I've had a taste of being at home with my family. I've had a taste of not having to to do a two hour commute to work every day. So I kind of want to find a way to maintain the lifestyle that I've been able to, to set up. And I think if organizations can't come to the party on that, Mm. They're really going to see people bow out because there's plenty of organisations that are now structuring themselves around the human beings that they employ. And if we can set up our people in such a way that they are able to live their lives the way they want to live them, then we're in a far better position to get the results from them that we want as opposed exactly. to to being you know, rigid and and non and not at all flexible people will just i think walk out which is really what we're starting to see all over the world mm, the checklist has changed you know it used to be x amount of dollars you know this salary is top of the list and then i need this title and this i need a promotion within 12 months now it's completely other you know factors it's about you know flexibility it's about you know working from home given the opportunity to have a more of a hybrid working model it's am i feeling valued in a virtual environment or a remote environment and you know people work for people so if you've got that disconnect with the people that you work with or even you know leaders i think as a leader if you're in a leadership role you're probably under a lot more pressure to be a leader in a remote environment because you don't have that face time with your team and it's very easy for people to experience mental burnout and fatigue and 
you know, throw in the towel, basically. So I think there's a lot of responsibility or accountability for leaders within the business to understand and actually think about that. Definitely. Absolutely. I think, I think that is spot on. And it's it will be a really interesting few months ahead, I think, as we start to see where people start moving, you know, moving to and, and what themes in the data we actually do start to see. But I think you're spot on around like people have reassessed, people are people have reprioritized what's important to me and organizations need to keep up with that as well. It's keeping us as recruiters on our toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you can't predict where they're going to come from you know they're saying it's, it's, it's going to hit us in March you know with, they're starting to trickle through now but even just to forecast areas if you were to ask me what areas do you think even at Accent Group would you see you know this being impacted it, it's hard to even think about that and you know plan ahead yeah, absolutely. And so it would be, as you've said, such interesting times for you. And I I know that there will be people listening to this podcast as well who perhaps have just left their jobs or are thinking about leaving their jobs and maybe they've even been there for, for a long time. And so I would love to hear from you and I know our, our listeners would too. If people are thinking of leaving and therefore they're, they're thinking about ways that they can stand out in a pretty busy market, what advice would you give for people who are, you know, who are looking for a new role? How can they stand out? How can they catch the attention of somebody like you who would see hundreds and hundreds of resumes a day? Yeah, uh, good question. You know, we, we do get a lot of applications and we sift through a lot of resumes and we don't spend a lot of time on them. You know, up to 30 seconds is, is really what we look look at and obviously key points, you know, where where you've worked, your skills, essentially what you can bring to a role. If you're really serious about your next role, we've got obviously platforms like LinkedIn where you can connect with the business that, you know, you're dying to work for or you're thinking about working for and connecting with their leaders or their recruitment team. And I've noticed that more proactive reach outs through LinkedIn now more than I've had, you know, previously. And that's really, you know, taking the initiative. You're kind of skipping the queue in a way, going straight to the source. You know, a lot of people now, LinkedIn has a feature where you don't just apply to the role and the job, but you can actually reach out to the recruiter if they're featured on the ad and you can send them a message. But I would say if you are sending someone a message, whether it's the hiring manager specifically, just make sure that you are being true to you and really being authentic don't you know go in with what are you paying for this role <laughs> and straight with salary I mean whilst it's relevant totally get it but you know really think about why you want the role and put that in a message to the hiring manager or the recruiter so you can stand out you are taking a risk but you are putting yourself out there yeah I think that's great advice and also please <laughs> don't just copy and paste the same email over <laughs> and over again I remember I used to get email when I used to have sort of when I was doing a bit of recruitment I'd get emails from people interested in roles and they would clearly have just copied and pasted it because instead of saying like oh hi Claire how are you going it would be like oh hi hi Jane <laughs> oh no <laughs> Yeah, what you've got to do, make sure you're reading who you're messaging. <laughs> like quickest way to get a delete, get the name wrong. <laughs> That's it, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely be careful on the platform because very quickly 
you can backfire if you're not careful. (laughs) Absolutely. And what do you think about when we talk about standing out through a resume, what are you like, you know, if we, if we talk to that 30 seconds that you mentioned and you, you know, imagine yourself right now looking at a resume, like where do your eyes, what's the first thing that your eyes go to in that 30 seconds? What do you look at? Yeah, we go straight to experience. If it's if it's a role that requires, you know, X amount of experience, if we're talking, you know, a support office role, for example, and that's also quite technical, you should have skills and your competencies straight up the top, especially if you've got technical skills that are relevant to the job itself. Make sure you're showcasing those. And that's where sometimes you probably need to tailor your CV a little bit just based on the job that you're applying to. If you've got a, a, you know, a structured CV, it's important to have a professional profile that has both, you know, you know, um, technical skills and soft skills, plus your accomplishments as well. I think what quite a few job seekers lack on their CVs is their accomplishments. And it's not just about copying and pasting your job description that your employer has given you, because that's your your day-to-day that's what you do but it's important I think to showcase accomplishments and what you've achieved in your role over the time that you've been there yeah absolutely I think that's a great one and I know that's something even with a lot of clients that I've done some one-on-one work with in the past I'll say to them like your you know your dot point list of your job descriptions great but I want to know what yeah what are your key achievements put flick them around put key achievements at the top and then highlight in bold any of the metrics or the figures that are relevant, like draw my eyes into that. And then I'll, then I can look at the responsibilities that you had, but you're right. I think so often people forget about what have I delivered? What have I achieved in that role? Yeah. I see it a lot, even with senior roles, to be honest. And these are, you know, very senior, senior roles where they, sometimes there's not enough detail and what job seekers need to remember is that you really got 30 seconds to get filtered through to the initial stage where one you're sent to the hiring manager but hiring managers probably spend more time than we do as recruiters reading through when we send them the shortlist and that's really the intro to who you are and what you've done and very quickly and easily we can filter out based on the information that you've put in your CV and you know you probably have achieved so much but if you haven't put that in then how are we to know yeah absolutely it's taking that extra time isn't it to step back and think about what have not not just what does my pd tell me that i'm responsible for but (laughs) what have i done what have i delivered on and that is absolutely i think one of the ways to get cut through for sure yeah definitely what do you think about and i imagine you would have seen some perlers in your time but what are some of the major no-nos do you think when it comes to job seeking we've already touched on a couple around like get the name of the person right that you're talking to but what else do you think are some of the big no-nos that you see I think applying for every single job that you see at the business (laughs) you know there's a few of those and as recruiters we come across it you know same person applies for every role and that leaves us all confused on are you just applying for a job for the sake of it or, you know, what, what's your motive? Uh, probably not the right way to go about it. If you're really looking for a career, you probably can't work in every single department in a business. So that's a big no-no. 
<laughs> definitely, definitely. We obviously we touched on not enough information in the application and the CV and, you know, getting names wrong as well. I think they're probably the top ones. I think making sure that you know what you're applying to and, and sometimes that can be hard, probably more, you know, junior job seekers who aren't familiar with the industry or, you know, job titles and where they are in terms of, you know, being entry, middle range or senior level. But job ads are written based on, you know, the job description. So there's a specific criteria in terms of what the employer will be looking at. So I think really take time to, to read a job ad. And I know it's known that a lot of job seekers will probably read the top half and not really the bottom when the skills and experience required are mostly on the bottom. But just making sure that it is relevant, especially if it's a role that does require experience in the industry and obviously showcase your CV to, to demonstrate that. Yeah, I'd probably say the, the top three, four points. Awesome. Thank you. And what are, you know, you must have, I imagine also, I know I can think of some examples, even in my previous corporate role of really quite memorable or inventive kind of ways or, or things that job seekers have done to get either my or my team's attention. So curious to know, like, what examples do you have of things people have done to, to really draw you in and kind of engage you before? Yeah, this is an awesome question. I mean, there's been a couple. There's one recent one I can remember last year when I started at Accent Group and we went back to the office the, the short time that we've been in the office. One of the recruitment partners in my team had mail from reception and, and she, off she went to pick it up and it was a handwritten letter and a handwritten resume. Very, very old school. But it came with a shoe and it, it had a note personalised to her saying, hello, I'm looking for a job. I'm putting my best foot forward with a, with a one half of a shoe. Oh, I love that. How creative. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it read something like contact me and I'll put both feet in, you know, trying to get my foot in the door. We all had a giggle about it. It was really funny. And I thought how clever and how out there is that? Pretty awesome. Back in my Nike recruitment days, when I worked for Retail Prodigy Group, we would do a lot of video screening as part of the initial process. And we would ask them, you know, candidates to, for, in order to, to meet with us or even get shortlisted for a role, the first stage would be an interview, uh, a video interview. We'd get them to answer three questions that we would ask. And generally when people are doing video submissions, they're either doing it in their bedroom or, you know, with their camera phone or behind their, you know, iPad or computer sitting down or, or outside. But there's a girl, and this video is still on YouTube. It absolutely blew us away. She did a full production of who she was, showcasing her being an athlete, a runner, her experience in store, the customer experience piece head, um, end to end. She absolutely smashed it, blew us all away. I mean, I, I shared it with our CEO, Steve, at the time, and I think he started presenting it in conferences, and I'm not sure he might still do that. In three minutes, she did this full production and I just watched it and said, we don't even need to meet this girl. She's hired just based on her video. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think, the, and I'm, I have to know too, did the, did the person that delivered a shoe, did they also get a role? I can't remember. I think we probably, con <laughs> yeah, we would have contacted them, but. At least yeah. to return the shoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yes. 
so out of this world, the things that people think of, but that's the way to stand out, right? I mean, we're a footwear business, true, or we have been for quite some time. So thinking outside the square. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fantastic. I remember a couple of years ago having somebody who sent a a box to reception and it had a like a you know big helium balloon kind of tied to it. And I remember opening and it was addressed to me and I remember opening that up and it it had all of these, it was like a massive box of just lollies and chocolates and all of this stuff. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. But then also in it, it then had a USB that basically was like, watch me. And so we opened that up and that also then had a video in that of that, of the individual Wow. Uh, and it then linked to like a portfolio, it was for a creative role and then linked to like their portfolio Amazing. of, you know, for apparel design and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it really, when I, I mean, I'm not suggesting that every, every, all the listeners <laughs> need to go and do something this extreme, but it really, you know, in a sea of hundreds or thousands of applicants, and if you know I, I want this role, like I am passionate about this role, then take a step back and think about like how might I be able to cut through enough to get someone like Jamie to to go, I want to chat with this person. I have to chat with this person and just eyeball them and know who they are. Like that's yeah. the objective, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Did they get the role? I think they actually did. Yeah. I'm not going to say the name, but I think they actually did. <laughs> And I think we were talking about this, obviously, before we started recording as well, like our sole objective when we're applying for roles is to intrigue somebody enough to want to have that next conversation with you, yeah. to intrigue them enough to go, this person looks like they, they know what they're talking about. They've demonstrated some great achievements and they look like a person who is aligned in some way, shape or form with what we as an organization stand for. Yeah, exactly. You do want to make that initial shortlist where you are getting a phone call at the very least. And, you know, some people don't really think about phone interviews or take them that seriously, but that is really the first impression that you've got with the recruiter before the hiring manager then meets with you. So it's really important, you know, if you get, we're calling probably at at random times of the day where you know, you're probably in the middle of work where we can definitely organise an alternative time to follow up with a phone call, but it's important to be prepared and be on standby once you have applied. There's been many times where I've called people and introduced myself and said, I'm calling from Accent Group, you applied for this role, and people are like, where are you calling from again? What's the name of the business? And they forget. Probably not a great start to the conversation. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. I remember making so many calls and you'd say where you were from and they're like, what is it? Pardon? What's the role? I don't remember that. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. And you're like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember applying or have you just applied for every job on C? Yeah. So be, be prepared if you are actively applying, be on standby with your phone that you will, pro- you know, get a phone call. Always expect to get a phone call after you've applied. That's a great tip. Absolutely. Absolutely. And remember the jobs that you apply for. Very important. (laughs) Definitely do your research too once you've applied. I think, yeah, that's probably another one, Claire, to point out is, you know, whilst the job description is the job, I think it's important to research the organisation and be prepared to know who we are and what we do as a business because you will be asked about why you've applied. 
100% of the time you'll be asked, what do you know about the business and why have you applied? And giving a stock standard answer probably won't, you know, get you to the next round. I think it's important that you need to, you know, have done your research. Definitely. I Listening to you say that, I have a little lull though because I'm sure you've seen that meme <laughs> as well where a recruiter asked that question like, what is it about this role or this organisation that you, you know, are really interested in and the person's response is just, well, I'm deeply passionate about getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm deeply passionate about paying my bills. <laughs> Don't use that answer, listeners. Do not use that answer. <laughs> I mean, that could be the truth. I mean, we all do work to earn a living, but, yeah, just <laughs> there's got to be more to it than that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I've got a couple of questions for you as well that I have received from kind of avid listeners of the podcast or even people that have read the blog before and have asked these questions. Are you happy for me to to ask you a couple? And I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Thank you. So one of the questions that I've had is really around in terms of a resume, should I delete work or delete certain roles that I did 10 years ago? And essentially, at what point do we start dropping things off the resume in terms of our work history? Mm, Really, really good question, this one. Yeah, it really depends where you are in your career, first off. I think where it's not relevant to the job that you're applying to and it's back in your first year of uni or, you know, your very first job when you worked in retail and you've since established your career, I think you can keep that off. If it's not relevant, there's no point having it on there. That's helpful. Absolutely. Because I think sometimes, but, you know, I remember seeing resumes, even they get up to like six, seven, eight pages and you're going all the way back to like when I was 14 and nine months and my very first (laughs) job was da-da-da-da-da. And meanwhile, this person's got, you know, 15 15 plus years in industry that yeah. could use far more airtime than me, you know, knowing that you sold McFlurries at McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, spot on. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And then the next question I've got, and I think this is a really, obviously a really timely one at the moment, given what we've been through over the last 18 months, but how do, what is your advice for people who you know, have experienced some sort of job loss, either in the last 18 months or at any point in their career? Like what is the best way to speak to job loss in on your resume or your LinkedIn profile? Mm, yeah, good question. And a lot of people would be in this situation, especially from, you know, last year, if we rewind 12, 18 months, where there were a lot of people that were still down or made redundant from roles. And we we know as recruiters, we're going to come across these job seekers within the industry and I think you can highlight in your resume that you know you, you took a redundancy I don't think it's it's something that you should hide it's given the the time that we're in but I think it's it's something that we're understanding because of the way the world has evolved in the last two years so I you know highlight it don't be afraid to hold it back it's not something that is frowned upon there's a lot of people in the same boat, but just be prepared, obviously, to talk to what you achieved in your most recent role. And I think, um, you know, take the opportunity to network and get back on your feet in terms of showcasing those skills, because you're likely to find another position. It's just obviously finding that right one as well. And hopefully don't go through that whole process again, because 
it's not ideal. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, you know, going through redundancy. It's hard, especially if you've got family and people to support. But we're in a climate where a lot of people are in the same boat. Yeah, I think people are are quite understanding of that space and that world now. And the advice I often give clients as well is, you know, don't leave room, you know, it's natural human behavior to make assumptions in the absence of information. So the more we can provide on the resume or the LinkedIn profile around, you know, our, our, you know, the fact that it was a redundancy or the other thing I see come up a bit is where people will take short-term contract roles. Mm-hmm. And if we don't highlight that on the resume, that it was a, you know, maybe it was a mat leave cover or a short-term contract, that could look like we're moving around all the time where yeah. we are, but it's because we've been taking on short-term contract roles. And so sometimes people leave that off yeah, and then that becomes a missed opportunity also for the conclusions that people at the other end may be able to draw if we don't provide the information otherwise. Exactly. You know, good point. Yeah. If you don't highlight that you took a comment or a short-term contract, consulted for a couple of months in a row, it'll look like you didn't last in that organisation or you started as a permanent employee and then you didn't um, see out your probation. I think it's really important, definitely, like you said, to highlight that and make it known because it can be overlooked pretty easily and, yeah, the assumption is there. And last kind of hot seat question for you is around how, you know, there's probably, as we were talking about before with the great kind of resignation, there's a lot of people are stepping back, reassessing, reevaluating, and for some people that's translating into an industry change. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, I actually want out of whatever the industry is or the kind of roles that I've been doing for the last 10 plus years and I think I want to change lanes. So what advice might you have for people that are thinking about completely changing industries how can they highlight like how can they stand out and and showcase those kind of transferable skills when they're moving from one industry to another really good question and and there is a lot of people now reevaluating and making a change we know we've noticed a lot of retailers changing industries completely and you know we've had it with you know resignations that we've had from you know our management team within stores. I think a lot, a lot of other industries now are more open to transferable skills. And when you think about transferable skills, a lot of the time it is those soft skills. It's how you talk to customers, it's your communication, it's your adaptability, it's your resilience. So again, making sure you're showcasing these on your application and your CV relevant to the job and the industry that you're applying to and really you know making sure you're you're thinking about that industry seriously too if it is a career change and and similar to what you've done but you know different in a sense weigh up what you can learn and what you can bring as well because there's still going to be some learning involved but it's important to think about well what can I give this role and then understand what do I need to learn at the same time yeah, great advice. It's great advice because I think people, you know, and I know obviously this is a large part of the work that I do, but sometimes people get so invested in a certain career pathway mm-hmm. and they decided, you know, this isn't really where I want to be anymore. I'm not fulfilled or I'm not satisfied, but I'm in so deep now 
that I couldn't possibly leave? What, what other skills do I have and how might they be relevant to another industry? And the truth is like, yes, to your point, you are, there are absolutely some technical skills that we would need to learn potentially depending on the role, but there are so many roles and so many pathways out there yeah. where the transferable skills that you've that you've had through your experience are hugely relevant. We just have to be able to articulate that in the way that we then sell ourselves. Exactly. A lot of organizations do hire on attitude and they they train on skill. So, you know, whilst it's such a general statement to make, it's really about, you know, can we invest in this individual who we know can bring all these wonderful skills and do they have the capacity to learn and develop and train this other stuff that we need them to know so I think that's important for people to understand is you you're always going to be learning in any role that you go into I don't think you're going to master any role the way that the world is moving there's always something to learn yeah absolutely and you know organizations to your point right like organizations should be hiring on not just where I've been but where can I get to? Like, yeah. what is the potential that I have to bring as well? Which is so much more than just what, I'm, what I've demonstrated that I've done in the past. Exactly. You have been a gem, so much helpful information. I feel like I got to talk to you for hours about this stuff. <laughs> I, you need to be just getting out and about on Freedom Day and going having a wine somewhere. So the last question I've got for you, and I, um, I ask this or will be asking this to all of my podcast guests, two-part question. First part is what is a, I, I love to read and I love to learn and I love to, um, you know, share good reads and good finds, hence why I'm asking all of my guests this question. So mm -hmm. what is a book that you can confidently say that you've read that's had an impact on your life? Mm, good question. I've got so many books on my coffee table and I buy a book every time I go to a bookstore. <laughs> I just think when I go to the airport, I buy a new, new book. Obviously, we haven't gone to airports lately. <laughs> so I've, I've actually been rereading some of the books I've read years ago. Oh, gosh, how do you pick a favourite? Because they're all, you know, got their own relevance. I, You know, I love learning. I'm a bit like you. I'm, I'm always looking to develop personally and professionally. And, you know, even TED Talks and podcasts, I'm always, or Audible, always listening to something. Probably from a career piece, Good to Great. I read that quite early on in my career. And that was super helpful, especially from a leadership piece. And The Power of Now, I read a few years ago, and I think both professionally and personally, that had a big impact in my career. If, if you haven't read that or if anyone listening hasn't read Good to Great or The Power of Now, I highly, highly recommend. I've read both a number of times and can't get sick of them. And there's, I always get something out of it every time I revisit those. But, you know, Shoe Dog from Phil Knight, another awesome book and journey, just so inspirational. But, yeah, Simon Sinek, love his books, Breen Brown, um, Adam Grant, Sheryl Sandberg, got all their books. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's so hard to pick a favourite because, you know, they all offer amazing insights both professionally and personally. So, you know, would love any recommendations too for any yeah. books. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I've got heaps I can give you after the call for sure. But I love that. Good to so good to great and the power of now. We'll um I'll drop a link to both of those in the show notes as well. I have also read The Power of Now. It is a good book, full on, very introspective, but a really good book. And then, so then my last question to you, Jamie, is what is a quote that you live by that helps you continue to show up and get out of your own way? Mm, Boy, I love quotes too. How do I pick one? (laughs) (laughs) I think lately one that I always think about is don't wait for it to happen and go and make it happen and I think that's so relevant now more than ever in the times that we're in and probably in my role daily is you know if and even personally if don't sit and wait for things just go and 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 do it make it happen my mantra is wake up think big kick ass be kind and repeat I have to live by that every single day and have for the last 10 years and super relevant in all aspects (laughs) that's awesome I love that I love both of those those are fantastic and you're right you know don't wait for it to happen go out and make it happen can sit back sit back wait and complain and we can go get it exactly yeah no one's going to you know come and and do things for you so it's all in your control so you are an absolute dream now if people and I suspect that they will if people want to connect with you or reach out to you where can they find you yeah find me probably on linkedin it's where i live the most so feel free to connect or follow me on linkedin always open to new followers and connections and obviously our accent group careers page accentgr.com.au is where we've got all our you know current roles at the moment amazing and i will drop all of those links in the show notes as well so that people can check them out jamie simiklis you are a dream and thank you for being the very first guest that we have had on the eating your cake to podcast i am so grateful to you for sharing your time and sharing all of your pearls of wisdom with myself and all the people listening thank you so much for having me claire loved our conversation Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here and I am so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2 and if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, then I would love if you would leave me a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this, you can do it, you are doing it. And remember to sell yourself with confidence. Hey there, thanks for hanging on and thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. I truly love having you with me, but I want to make sure that you know if you're ready to work together exactly how we can do it. There are two ways to work with me individually. The first is through my private one-on-one coaching program where I only take a very limited number of clients each year by application. In this program, we create a bespoke plan for you designed to get you smashing your goals. If you're in need of someone to help you step into leadership, take control of your career, 
or design a powerful and energizing action plan to ensure you are seen, heard and noticed at work or in your business, then this may be the program for you. The second way to work with me is through my private one-on-one Sell Yourself with Confidence program. This six-month proven program is purposefully created and structured, guaranteeing you get results. It's focused on four major barriers that I so often see preventing women from selling themselves. So at the end of this program, you'll walk away with a whole host of tangible deliverables, including a new pimped up resume, LinkedIn profile, relationship currency map, a unique selling proposition, a speaking with impact toolkit, and so much more. If you are ready to step up in your career or leadership, earn more, be heard more, and build an impactful and purposeful personal brand, then now is the time for you to do it. This private program will only be around for the next few months before we launch our global group Sell Yourself with Confidence program. If you feel like I would also be a good fit for your organization, let's chat about how together we can create more confident, courageous, and self-aware leaders capable of driving positive change in themselves, their teams, and in your organization. Jump on my website and download the services info pack. I'd love to chat to you. Book a call in my calendar. The link is in my show notes. Thanks again so much for listening.